Breastfeeding Unplugged. Welcome, welcome, welcome mamas and mamas to be a podcast dedicated to helping moms navigate their way through the tricky world of breastfeeding. Breastfeeding Unplugged. Breastfeeding Unplugged. Hello there, mamas and mamas to be, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Breastfeeding Unplugged. I'm your host, Amanda Gorman, and today we're going to talk about how early breastfeeding preparation can really set you up for success when it's time for baby to be welcomed into the world. Pregnancy is both exciting and confusing, especially if you're a first-time mom-to-be. It's easy to get wrapped up in the labor and delivery part of the action, and many moms spend so much time focusing upon bringing baby into the world that they forget about the rest. But once the delivery is done and you have a new little love in your hands, absolutely everything changes. For many moms, one of the most time-consuming and all-encompassing postpartum tasks is breastfeeding. A newborn baby feeds every two to three hours, 10 to 12 times a day around the clock. And for the ill-prepared, this schedule can come as quite a shock to the system. So what can moms do to get ready for the demands of breastfeeding? That's what we're going to talk about today. Please join me in welcoming our guest for this episode, Albany, New York-based IBCLC, Ms. Patty Lane. Patty has been an IBCLC for over 25 years and has a special place in her heart helping parents on their breastfeeding journey. Patty works with moms and babies through La Leche League, private practice, online support, support groups, the New York State WIC program, and with us at Nest Collaborative. Patty has authored several pieces of breastfeeding literature, trained numerous staff for the New York State WIC Training Center, and was part of the steering committee for the New York State Breastfeeding Coalition. Welcome, Patty. It is really great to have you with us. Thanks, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we are so excited for today's show, and I'd love to start by just hearing a bit about your story and how you got involved in breastfeeding education as a career. Thanks. Well, long before I had my first baby, I knew that I had wanted to breastfeed because I had heard about all the health benefits of it and mostly that it was free. I was thinking like, why wouldn't you do this if it's free? Mm -hmm. So when I was pregnant with my first, a good friend gave me a copy of a book called The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. And it's a La Leche League book, which I read cover to cover. And initially I had some challenges with breastfeeding and I worked through them with the help of a lactation consultant that we had through our healthcare. And, um, you know, I got through all those problems and we were just sailing along. And then when she was about four months old, I got really sick and I required a medication that I was told was not compatible with breastfeeding. So it really threw me and I had no idea what to do. And someone suggested I call a Leche League. So I did. And not only did they tell me I could continue to breastfeed, you know, they helped me through and, you know, I, I took the medication and I was able to, um, you know, pump and discard some milk and get right back to breastfeeding. And uh, the leader was just so helpful. I started to go to meetings 
And then shortly after, I became a La Leche League leader. So that was the beginning of my breastfeeding bug. And then I went on to um, become internationally board certified. So I've been doing this for a very long time. And you'll hear my enthusiasm about moms and babies and breastfeeding. Well, thank you so much. And and we know, you know, all of our team members are enthusiastic, but, you know, I'm really continuous, continuously impressed with those of you that have been practicing for so long because it is very evident um, all that you have learned and offer to our mom. So we're really uh, excited and thank you for sharing that story. Um, we love having you as a consultant with our Nest Collaborative. So I'm happy that you're here for today's show, which is all about prenatal breastfeeding prep, which we both know is absolutely crucial to early feeding success. So let's jump right in. Based on your experience, what should women do before baby comes to prepare for breastfeeding? You know, the best advice I could give um, a woman is to learn as much as you can about breastfeeding. The more that you know, it'll be easier for you and you'll have a better idea of what to expect. Uh, it's empowering yourself with lots of information. I also suggest that pregnant women um, meet with a lactation expert prenatally. You can do this through your provider, through the hospital, um, if you're having a hospital birth, through a class or a group. And right here with Nest Collaborative, <laughs> we love talking with moms uh, prenatally about breastfeeding. And then, you know, we follow with them, follow up when they have their baby. Um, definitely family and friends. You know, you've got to be careful about family and friends, though, because they always want to tell you their horror stories. Um, but that's, you know, it's it's a place to start with uh, talking with them. The, the main thing you want to learn about is the importance of breastfeeding and, um, you know, why, why you're choosing to do this and think about that. I encourage women to talk with their, their healthcare provider, your OB or your midwife about your plans to breastfeed, educate your partner. You need that support. So bring your partner in on, on um, you know, the classes and the information that, that you're getting. You may want to attend a La Leche League meeting. We love it when women come when they're pregnant, but it's about creating that support system. Um, I say it's about having a breastfeeding cheerleader. You know, think about who that can be. Maybe it's your mom, your sister. Maybe it's Nest Collaborative. Um, and you want to know that breastfeeding is natural. It's a natural thing, but it doesn't come instinctively. You know, in past generations, skills and technique, techniques were passed from one generation to the next. Girls grew up watching their moms and their aunts breastfeeding. It's a little bit different now. You know, we've lost some of that. So, um, but there are people out there that want to help you with, with your uh, breastfeeding journey. Yeah, absolutely. Things things are quite different than they were um, decades ago, and and you're absolutely right. The research says that that has directly impacted um, success rates. Um, what what tips can help get a new mom started on the right foot with breastfeeding once baby does come? So I think the best thing to do is to have a plan. And if you are the person who has a birth plan, you definitely want to include breastfeeding in that, in that plan. Um, consider writing it down. You know, talk to your partner about it. I always say when you're, when you're giving birth, 
you, you can't really fight for your rights. You can't really fight for what you want. You know, you need to have somebody with you that can say, this is what she wants to happen. You know, with, with breastfeeding, it's, it's the same thing. You're in a very vulnerable state. Um, so you just want to have a plan. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, when is the best time to start planning to breastfeed? So I often say, um, you know, whenever, whenever you want, you know, you may be a planner. I was one of those people that planned everything out. So I started thinking about it very early, um, but definitely by the, by that third trimester, um, you know, when you're starting to get ready for baby, you need to think about what you're going to do when that baby actually gets here. Great. So what questions should a mom-to-be be asking her provider, her, you know, OB or midwife about breastfeeding? I would say um, they want to ask how they support breastfeeding. Um, what are they, what do they have in their practice for moms in terms of lactation support? Um, and, and asking questions like, uh, can I room in with my baby? Can I keep my baby with me? Um, just all of the, the things that you're including in your plan. And we can talk a little bit about um, things to include in your plan. So you talked about room in. Can you explain what that is? That's really keeping your baby in your room with you in the hospital. Um, and not only do you deserve that after all you've been through, you know, through that pregnancy, it's not always, it's not always a picnic and, <laughs> and that birth. So you can um, get to know your baby and understand how your baby's communicating when, when they're hungry, when they're tired, when they want to be in your arm. So, so definitely um, keep your baby with you. And most, most hospitals and birthing centers are doing that now. And is, is rooming in beneficial for the breastfeeding relationship? Absolutely. Because one of the things we talk about is breastfeeding your baby early, like as soon after the birth as you can, and then often. So, and, you know, often, as you said in the beginning, you know, you're, you're nursing your baby um, eight to 12 times in a 24-hour period. Uh, that's about every two hours. So you want your baby there. And new babies, they nurse more often. You know, when they're in utero, all their needs are being met. They're getting all their food through the umbilical cord, and all of a sudden, they're they're in the world and they're hungry. So we want to, um, you know, their their stomachs are really tiny. We want to keep them well nourished in the beginning, and that's where that ten to twelve times comes in, and that's the importance of having your baby near you in the hospital. That is super helpful to know. Um, this is all really fantastic information for, for moms. And I think a lot of this prep really sets them up for an ideal breastfeeding relationship. We, um, we are going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back uh, to ask you, Patty, some more questions in just a minute. So everyone stay with us. Like many of us, I've been trying to use less plastic in our household. I just tried Shambar, a new sulfate-free shampoo and conditioner in a bar, and it blew me away. Here's what I loved about Shambar. No yucky stuff, no synthetic fragrances or harsh color-fading sulfates. As a mom, it feels good to know that I'm using a safer product, that my hair is healthier, and it's saving me more trips to the salon for coloring and more highlights. Each Shambar replaces two 18-ounce single-use plastic bottles. It's a family business, and for every order, they donate a month's worth of soap to a family in need. 
What a relevant give back to make sure all families have the resources that they need. A win-win. Get your first bar absolutely free when you use the code FIRSTFREE. All one word, F-I-R-S-T-F-R-E-E, on one of their flexible, cancel-anytime, super-easy subscriptions. Find out more at shambar.com. Hey, mamas and mamas-to-be, we are back with New York-based IBCLC, Patty Lane, take, talking all about how to get prepped for breastfeeding before baby comes. So, Patty, I wanted to ask, is there anything a mom-to-be can do to get her breasts prepared for feeding? A lot of people talk about, like, toughening up the nipples. Is, is this a thing? Is there other things they should be doing? That is a great question because um, – Years ago, we used to say that to women, that they had to toughen up their nipples to get ready to breastfeed. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty scary. (laughs) And uh, that message came from women who had sore nipples. So it occurred to somebody that you should get your nipples ready to breastfeed. And again, it's like that knowledge of how to get a baby onto the breast with a good latch and getting that support that you need if you do have sore nipples. Sore nipples are not a part of breastfeeding. You know, if you have experiencing any discomfort, you need to get help immediately. So no, there's nothing you need to do to prepare um, your nipples for breastfeeding. You could talk to your obstetrician if you have concerns, um, any concerns about your breasts or your nipples. Uh, Nipples come in all sizes and shapes and some um, nipples may be flat or inverted. So you can talk with your OB uh, through your pregnancy about that, you know, just say, hey, do my nipples look okay? You know, and they'll and they'll let you know. Gotcha. All right. Well, what are the breastfeeding essentials that a mom should buy or at least borrow prior to baby coming? Well, remember I said it's free, right? (laughs) (laughs) And there are so many things that you can uh, purchase for breastfeeding. Breastfeeding has become so popular, which we love. Um, You know, many women are initiating breastfeeding. But honestly, there's not a lot of things that you do need for breastfeeding. But let's talk about a couple of things that moms find helpful. And um, the first thing that that I always see when I'm working with moms is they have a breastfeeding pillow. Um, There's a great one that I love called My Breast Friend. And I like that one over some of the others because it's flatter. So the baby's not, you know, curving and falling in toward mom. Um, It also allows you to kind of have your hands free. You know, I've seen moms use it and they can kind of, you know, have their phone in their in their hands. Um, Not in the beginning, but once you get comfortable with breastfeeding. Definitely uh, a nursing bra is is a good idea. Just two or three to start with. Um, you want one that you can open with one hand because you'll have your baby in your arm. If you don't want to wear a bra, you don't have to wear a bra. Some moms like the uh, breastfeeding camisoles that they have. Um, Another thing that I like to encourage women to have is a really nice cloth baby carrier uh, because babies like to be close to mom. And one that you could breastfeed in is even better. Um, So any of the cloth carriers that allow you access to your breast. Another thing that we hear a lot about is uh, pumps, breast pumps. Uh, It's wonderful that our insurance now covers covers them. 
and uh, women can check into it. I always say, find out now while you're pregnant about the pump that you can get through your insurance company. You may not need it in the beginning if you're going back to work. It's very helpful to have a pump, um, but it's nice to have it on hand. And then if you had you know, a baby that was a preemie or a baby that's having a hard time nursing, you have it. Uh, so definitely check with your insurance company. The other things that are um, not musts, but are nice to have, they have great nursing clothing. And if, um, you know, they have slats and openings so you can nurse discreetly. Uh, but think about, you know, what clothes you're going to wear. You know, if you have a one-piece dress, you're probably not going to wear it through your nursing um, time. But, you know, two pieces are, are totally fine. But other than that, you know, maybe some nursing pads, but not a lot. You don't need a lot. That's helpful That's to know. <laughs> that is helpful to know. I think the energy and the excitement can sometimes lead to overclicking on Amazon too early. Yeah. So <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so how about for the moms who have breastfed before? Should they expect a similar experience with their next baby? Well, the good news is um, if it's if it was not a great experience, every new baby is a new opportunity. At the, that baby is not going to be like your first one or your third one or your second one. Every baby is completely different. So your um, body is, you know, acting as if they've never nursed this baby before, obviously. Uh, but if you have had other babies and have breastfed, we know that mom's milk may come in quicker as the milk supply um, increases and she may have less engorgement. Uh, so it's actually a little bit easier to nurse your, your second or third or fourth or fifth baby. Um, but we, you know, every baby's different, but definitely it doesn't mean you cannot nurse the next baby. Give it a try. Absolutely. Now, what about conversely, should a mom presume that if she had a successful experience the first time that it will likely be an easy go with the next baby? I like to think so. Yeah. You know, because she figured it out and she hasn't had any problems. Uh, she will probably have no, no bumps along the way. Although she could, like I said, every baby's different. I say, you know, I wish they all came with owner's manuals because they're all so different. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this chat has been really interesting, and I can absolutely see why moms should get themselves ready to breastfeed while they are still pregnant. I know it can be hard to focus on anything other than the labor and delivery, but you've given us about 100 reasons why moms need to, and it's really been such a pleasure to have you with us. But, you know, do you have any last tips or any need to knows that you can share from your wealth of experience? Absolutely. You know, some, some things that um, I would like moms or moms to be to remember is early and often, soon after the birth and every two hours. All your baby needs is breast milk. We want to avoid bottles and pacifiers do skin to skin. Skin to skin is the best. You definitely want to do it in that first hour or two following the birth and ask for help. Ask for help. There should be lactation consultants in the hospital 
as I said, we're here at Nest Collaborative. Um, I've often said to moms, you know, here's my number, take it with you to the hospital. Give me a call if you, if you have a problem. If it's, you know, midnight, there may not be a lactation consultant there. Um, you know, try to limit your visitors and enjoy that time um, getting to know your baby. Lots of skin to skin. Uh, you know, it's, it's really is a, an incredible time that you will not get back, you know, so enjoy those, those moments with your, with your brand new baby. So skin to skin, can you break that down for moms who may not have heard that term before? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, skin to skin is when mom has her shirt off or her shirt open. So she has nothing, you know, no bra, or if it is, it's, it's totally open. So the baby has access to the breast and baby is in a diaper only. If it's a new baby in the hospital, you can keep that, that hat on um, to keep the baby nice and warm. And we can put a blanket over mom and baby. But what we know is mom's body will actually heat up to warm her baby. When babies are skin to skin, they will often find the breast and latch on their own. And when that happens, mom has less breastfeeding problems. Um, we know that when babies are skin to skin with mom following the birth, they're more comfortable, there's less crying, um, their blood sugar levels are better, and it also calms mom down. You know, because she's she's got her baby um, right there, skin to skin, even with a C-section. You know, you can still have your baby um, up on your up on your chest. And I've also seen lots of information about the partner doing skin to skin. You know, the partner's body will actually warm up and uh, keep that baby warm. So it's it's a plus. It's really awesome to do. So you bring up someone that we really should just talk about before we go. What tips would you have for dads or partners to be able to prepare for their partner breastfeeding in the home? That's um, such a great question because, you know, so often we hear um, moms talk about how the partner feels left out. And there are so many things that the partner can do uh, to be, to feel included. And definitely the number one thing is to support mom. I love it when I'm working with, um, with a woman and her partner's there because mom's tired. She may not be able to remember everything. Um, but the partner can also be involved with the baby. They can help with um, positioning. They can help with diapering, rocking, bathing. They can lightly bounce the baby when the baby's fussy and hold that baby skin to skin. Um, if mom is doing a lot of pumping, dads can help with that. You know, those pump parts need to be cleaned. So there are a lot of ways to um, include that partner. And I think the number one thing for the partner is to offer words of encouragement for that mom. Like, you got this. We can do this. Oh, look at that baby swallowing. Uh, because we don't get enough encouragement. And, um, you know, new moms really need that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, I know I do remember my husband, one of the greatest gifts he did in support was just bringing me that glass of water every time <laughs> I sat down. Um, and that might be, a, you know, kind of a last, a last tip to touch on is, 
you know, a breastfeeding station or kind of thinking ahead of time of of where your spot might be in the house. And so what makes a breastfeeding spot a good one? And what should moms plan to have available in their spot? I loved that um, advice when I was a new mom. I hadn't thought about it before I had my baby. And then I would be sitting with the baby in my arms and I couldn't reach anything. So you want to have what you need within your reach. So definitely your water or another beverage, if you'd like a snack is always nice. You're burning lots of calories when you're nursing. Um, If you'd like your cell phone nearby, the TV remote, a book to flip through, you will be able to do this one-handed, maybe not right away, um, but you you will. You may want some, some nursing pads and a birth cloth. I had one mom that used to have a basket because she had other children and she said, you know, I was moving around the house, so I had my little nursing basket. So I had everything um, I needed and it, you know, but definitely the, the water. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing for partners to do mm-hmm. because you're thirsty. You don't need water to make milk, but you're thirsty. Yeah, it, it is quite a phenomenon. Um, you know, and, I, and I'll add one little tidbit is I never I, I underestimated the importance of a foot prop. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why they made nursing stools until I actually used one once and thought, oh, well, they make this for a reason. Yeah, they're the, these the uh, small stools. I actually, you would laugh. I have one under my feet right now because you know I haven't used it for nursing in a while. But it's great under your desk. It just brings your knees up, and when you're nursing, it brings baby in in closer. Oh my goodness! Well, Patty, this chat has been really interesting, and I absolutely know and understand why it's important to let moms know how to get themselves ready to breastfeed while they're still pregnant. Um, you know, it, it was really fun to hear you. If listeners do want to get in touch with you or book a consultation or ask questions, what is the best way to do that? Definitely through Nest Collaborative. Um, I'm I'm there and scheduling appointments with moms, and um, you know, I love love working with moms. It's, it's just been, been a, a, a special privilege to have the opportunity to help moms in this um, awesome time of their life. Oh, well, now the privilege is ours that we get to have you on our team. So we're, we're really thrilled. Um, mamas, if, you know, we hope that you learned as much as we did, and we're really appreciative that we can be a little part of your breastfeeding journey. As always, this show is produced just for you. So if you do have a question, a topic idea, or just want to send some feedback our way, please find us on Facebook or Instagram at s at Breastfeeding Unplugged or on our website at breastfeedingunplugged.com. If you're loving the show, please give us a review on the podcast platform of your choice to help us get in front of more mamas just like you. But until next week, it's me, Amanda, wishing you lots of luck as you navigate the wild world of motherhood. Bye-bye.